be on your lips declaring his goodness well why don't you take a seat thank you team it's good to see you all here this morning can I get a amen that we don't have church camp this weekend it was hot at church camp last week but it was nothing compared to this weekend it has no rival that's right Pip very good hey for those of you we um we did have a great time at church camp. We um, Three people got baptised. It was great to do that. down the th- Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so many of you were there, which was good, just to hang out and to... Uh, it was great weather for a bonfire, wasn't it? Yeah. It's never too hot to burn stuff, is it? Actually, probably is too hot to burn stuff some days. But we had a great time for those of you who were there. And we will be doing camp every year. So um, we're just looking at a date and a venue and get in early this time. And we'll, we'll let you know once we know about that. But it was great weekend. Now, just everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. And just raise your hand if you turned up to church last Sunday at 10 a.m. Did anyone do that? Yep, I can see that hand. I said, That's all right. It's all good. We, we thought that we'd get at least one of you. So um, sorry, but we were camping. And, um, oh, some of us were camping. Do you know there was, how many places had air conditioning at camp? I think there were three air conditioners in the place and just the way that it happened there was one in our living room the lord was shining upon us i had to leave the room because it was too cool it was too cold i had to come out not doing any myself any favors right now okay let's begin if you um if you've still got kids in the service there is a great kids program going i know colleen and the team are excited about the new chapter in our kids ministry so make sure that you uh thank the kids team when you pick them up today but kids are back for the term we had friday night for youth for those of you that weren't here we had change over we cha- oh you've swapped sides of the church yeah got kicked out of your seats so josh and pip start had their first night as the youth pastors or youth leaders and Jeff and Jeanette are doing a transition, waving goodbye. Yes, and uh, I heard it was a great night, so that's good. Hey, a little bit of a recap, and I want to get into some things today. Three weeks ago, I shared what I felt God had given me for 2017. It was a verse and something that I felt God gave for me personally, for us as a church, but also beyond throughout our district. And the verse is this, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. I think we'll get it up on the screen. It says, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And just really shared about how it's time to leave the safety of the shore and go deeper than we've gone before. And no matter what we've tried before, what we've attempted before, that we would still be a people that go out deeper into the water where God calls us to go. The other thing I sensed to share were these words, second wind. And a second wind speaks of the freedom to breathe again. And I don't know, but I sense that this morning in our worship this morning, that there was a freedom to breathe again and a new strength and a new energy to do what God has called us to do. And so that word second wind is something that I just have been declaring daily or every second day or just regularly remembering those words second wind and saying, God, I receive that for my life and I also pray that over our church. My prayer is that all of us this morning or today in 2017 would experience a second wind anointing where there is a freedom to breathe again and there is a supernatural strength and energy to do the things that God has called you to do. The things he's called you to do in church, in community, at work, at home, at family, wherever God has placed you, there would be a second wind anointing enabling you to do that thing. That you wouldn't do it in your own strength, but you would do it 
by the grace of God as he enables you and calls you. So I, wanna, I want you to remember that second wind um, thought and concept and word as we share this morning. Because I want to continue in a, a similar theme. The first verse I want to read is Mark chapter 2, verse 22. And it says this, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. I love those last few words, that new wine calls for new wineskins. If God is doing a new thing, which he is, then let's church be ready. Let's be new wineskins. Let's throw out the old. It says to forget the former things, for I'm doing a new thing. So we can't expect the new to come if we're still stuck in the old. And I'm not talking about just programs and how we do church. I'm talking about our walk with God. The things that worked last year or the things that we did last year, they may not, God might be doing a new thing. God might want to challenge you in a new way to to read his word, in a new way to spend time with him. Let's not be people that are are stuck in the old. And you know what I believe with this scripture is that, that God takes care of the wine and our responsibility is the wineskin. God is doing the new thing. He's pouring out the new wine, if you like. And his responsibility is the wine, and he's, he's going to take care of that. But our job, our responsibility is the wine scheme, saying, are we ready for the new wine? This morning, I'm going to share a few just new things and changes and different things for the next 10 minutes, some practical stuff, and then I want to preach from a, another scripture. But I just wanted to set that up with that. But before we do, I do have a, um, a very bad dad joke, and I, I'm going to let it come up on the screen if you want to read that. Is that bad, Braggy? <laughs> yeah, some of you are getting it. If you were eight years old when red, red wine was released, then you'd be 40 now. Yes, it is bad. It is very bad. Who doesn't get it? No? You've all got it? Good. No one's laughing. I told you it was bad. I set it up as bad. Yeah. That's something you would expect to see on someone's Facebook page. But anyway... With that bad joke out of the way, a few things. It's like creative has already been mentioned. For those of you that are involved in our creative team previously, we've made a change this year. So creative is once a month on the last Wednesday of the month. And if you are an existing team or you are a previous team member of creative or if you are new to the church and you'd like to be part of our creative team, singers, musicians, production, then we would love to see you on Wednesday the 22nd of February. And I am currently the interim creative pastor. I've done interim senior pastoring and so I thought I'd have a crack at interim creative pastor and, uh, you know, maybe women's next, seniors ministry. Actually, no, Penny's going to keep doing women's. I'm not going to take that one away. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm doing it for a season. Loz is having a little bit of a break. She ran our creative team last year. She's having a break from doing that. And I'm going to be sharing some vision on the 22nd and just how creative will run this year. So I'd love for you to come on that night. It would be really good. What else is new and different things? There's a new men's life group starting. Where is, uh, where's Matty Parker? Just stand up for a quick sec, Matt. Give us a wave. Yeah. So Maddie's starting a men's life group starting tomorrow night. So it's going to be Monday nights, fortnightly. 
Monday night's fortnightly starting tomorrow night. And if you would like information about that life group, when and time and details, see Maddie after the service today. But it's a life group for men. I know there's lots of great life groups in church and Tammy does a great job overseeing all of them. But I just thought I'd plug that new one that is starting. And the main thing I want to talk to you about this morning is Count Me In Sunday. So that's next week. It's something we're going to do three times a year. It's a day where we focus on how everyone that calls this church their home is given an opportunity to contribute to the life and growth of the church. It's a day that you say, hey, I belong here. This is my church home and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to just turn up to church and spectate, but I want to be a participator. I want to be involved and I want to be a part of what's going on. There's two main things. There's volunteering and there's giving. And I just want to quickly talk to you very quickly about what those things are going to look like next week. Firstly, the volunteering part. Let me give you these two scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, a few verses. Verse 12 says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 22, In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. It's so true in church life. Some of the roles that you don't see on a Sunday are so important. I'm grateful for the prayer team that meet on a Tuesday night and intercede over our church. I'm grateful for the guys up in the sound desk that you don't see right now, but if something went wrong, you would know that they weren't doing their job. I'm grateful for the kids team that are out there, the people that might not be on stage, might not be up front, but they're here doing their part in serving in the church. And in verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So I just want to encourage you and challenge you to find your part, what it is, your role to play. Colossians 3 says this, Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And verse 23, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Next Sunday, we're going to hand out what we call our Count Me In Packs. They'll be on every seat. And in those Count Me In Packs, there will be a list of different areas where you can be involved in the life of church, community, all the different programs and things that we do. Just a place where you can be involved. They'll tell you what's involved. But you'll also be an opportunity to meet some of the leaders in the foyer afterwards. And basically, it's a day where you can say, hey, this is an area that I'd like to be involved in. Put your name down. Find out what's involved and say, yeah, I'm in. Count me in. When it comes to that, you can count on me and I'll be a part of that. They'll all be in there next week. I do want to um, bring a challenge to you. It's a bit of a, it might be a little bit prickly, but I want us to go as a church from this sort of attitude that says, hey, if I'm there, I'm happy to help. I want us to go from that attitude, which is okay, to what I think is a higher calling, which says, I'll be there or I'll be here to do what I've committed to do. Because one is one of convenience. It says, if I happen to be there that day, I'm happy to help out. And that's okay. But it's a greater thing to say, you know what? I've committed to something on that day at that time, and I'm going to be there because I've committed to being there. And it's just an attitude and a challenge that I want us as a church to have because we value volunteering and being, doing our part in, in serving. And I know things happen at the last minute, and you have to change, your, you know, those things go on. We're not... Not so strict that you'll be banned from the church if you don't turn up for the thing you were rostered to do. But it's more just about our attitude of saying, no, I, I can be counted upon. You can count me in when it comes to that. Um, this week, I'd like you to be praying and asking God, saying, God, where would you have me volunteer? Where would you have me 
be counted in. And all the info will be in your pack next week. The other thing that's in your pack is information on how to give. One of the changes I want to make this year is rather than doing a real care offering at the beginning of the year and then a building offering in June, we're just going to do one combined count me in offering. And we're going to do it next Sunday and then we're going to do it in June and then we'll do it a bit later in the year, but three times a year. And it's just basically this. It's putting real care, building and a new category called vision all into the one sort of thing that says count me in and we're going to give to that. You can still nominate within those three things. Say, I'm a part of the Count Me In offering. I want this to go to, to real care or I want this to the building. But it's just an opportunity where we as a church at the beginning of the year can sow into the things that are coming this year. I want to give you an update on the three things. The building. Who's enjoying our building this morning? Yes. Currently, we are refinancing our building loan and we're about to undertake some maintenance work. If you've been in this church for a while, you know that we have, um, let's call it a, a installed sprinkler system that every time it rains outside, some of the water makes its way inside because we have an old rusty roof that needs replacing and we, as a, the board of men, decided that we need to replace that rusty roof and we're also at the same time need to upgrade our air conditioners. So we're going to be doing that over the next few months and it's a great day to plug air conditioning on a day like today so I didn't do the offering right now no I know that um the kids well I know one of the air conditioners is is down in the kids room so we need to um upgrade them there how old would they be guys 26 year old air conditioners they've youth was hot on Friday night in more ways than one and um anyway our, our building loan, once we refinance and do those maintenance works, will be $800,000 mortgage over this property. And that's what our building giving will be going towards, paying that mortgage off as soon as we can so we can move forward with our future. In the future, I would love to renovate MP2, which is the room that kids and youth use and make it more purposeful for young people. Maybe even we've talked about the idea of opening up an outside area out the back and doing things like that. But right now our focus is the roof, air conditioners and going there. But the future, you know, as soon as we pay off debt, we can move forward with those sort of things. Just a note on the building, if you do give to the building, it is currently not tax deductible. So if you're used to giving to the building, getting a tax receipt, we won't be able to do that at this current moment in time. But something that is tax deductible is real care. Do you like that transition? Not tax deductible, into real care. Real care is tax deductible and real care is our community care ministry here at Real Life Church. Real life, real care will continue to offer crisis food hampers and crisis accommodation where it's needed. We will continue to put on our Christmas Day lunch for our community. Gary and Louie do a great job in um, leading real care. I think we have some pictures of last year's Christmas. I asked Louie for a few pictures. She sent me 70 so I managed to get three of them up there for you. Just of, on Christmas Day, the lunch that's put on for our community. And I know many of you are involved in serving in that already. But that's something we will continue to do within Real Care. I really have a heart, and I know um, others do, Gary and Louis as well, that we use our building. I really believe that we've been blessed with a great facility. And I think we'd loved, I'd love to see this amazing facility used to bless our community used to be full not just on Sunday but through the week for a range of different things that the community need. 
one of the things we've learned in our community that is needed is a shower. There is nowhere in the Maitland area for someone that's homeless to come and have a shower and get cleaned up. And I've been involved in a program before previously that helped people that were homeless. And often they're trying to get their life back on track. And they're trying to go for job interviews. And they're trying to do things like that. And they've got nowhere where they can get clean and tidied up and able to, to make that new start. And so what we're doing, we've got to get council permission. And we've got um, plans to build a shower facility at the back where people can come in, book in, have a shower, be freshened up, and then go and do what they need to do. So we, we want to do that this year. We, we need council permission. And uh, Gary's got a meeting with someone this week that hopefully will we'll fund that, or well, some of it, or you could do it as well if you'd like to. But anyway, that's one new thing that we're looking at doing. We want to, um, this year we're going to be involved in CityServe. If you know what CityServe is, it's something across the Hunter where the church, not just this church, but the churches of the Hunter serve their local communities. I've been involved in schools, in sporting clubs, where you basically just do a community project with no strings attached. And I'd love for this church to be part of that. And we're going to be doing that in October as well. And we're also looking at one of the the local community festivals. You know, like, uh, we we haven't picked one fully, or we're... We're aiming at the river run, but we'll just, we don't mean you have to run, okay? I know there's Aroma Festival and River Run and Steam Fest. Looking at one of those festivals where we, the church, can just turn up and say, we're here to serve and we're here to help. So we're, we're looking at that. I need my water. Take your pick. So anyway, we will announce details about that, but... Within real care, there are some of the new things that we want to do. Um, and there was one other one. There's also the idea of, uh, I talked about the shower, but using this building to operate like a community centre. So we're, we're, Gary and Louie are wanting to form a team to people that would like to be part of a, a vision team to see how that could look and how that could operate. So that's part of taking this building and using it not just for church activities, but being the church 24-7 and we want to use the building that God's entrusted us to do that so that info will be in the count me impacts as well for next week so um that's real care you can give to that I know many of you do faithfully and that's that's awesome the third one is a category just called vision it's about things that God lays on our heart to do. Some of them are existing things. We're going to continue to support scripture in the local schools, which we do already. We're going to continue our compassion partnership with the projects in Medan, Indonesia. There's a team going in August. Is it too late to sign up? It's not too late to sign up. You can be counted in for that trip. There is, um, what else is there that we're continuing to do? We're going to continue to support the work of Liberty People in Vanuatu. I know there's a team going in May. So we're going to continue those things. They're part of our vision and they'll continue to be part of our vision. Some things I want to introduce this year, some new initiatives, is I would like to contribute towards the building of a church in Arnhem Pastor Willie Dumas, who was here last year, he's got, um, I think we've got a photo of the, the land. He's been given some, a local community in Arnhem have given him the land and they've got some space and they want to build a church building on this site where they have currently a roof. And so $80,000 is what it's going to cost to build that. And we as a church would like to contribute towards the cost of doing that. So that's something that I would like our vision money to go towards. Um, I'd also like to, to contribute towards a church building in India. Now, in India, you can build a building for $3,000. 
And the guy that I went and ministered with last year in November, his name is Matthew Thomas. He's currently building seven churches at 3,000 each. And I would like as, as a church to say, hey, here's some money towards at least one of those churches' buildings. Currently, they're meeting in temporary rented sheds. And I'd like to uh, contribute towards that. The other thing I would like to do as a church with our vision money is sow into the ministry of Youth Alive. So Youth Alive is a great thing across our state. And I will be honest and upfront, my brother is the Youth Alive leader, so I'm not just doing there. But he's got a real heart to visit youth ministries across our state and not just in Sydney and Newcastle and Wollongong, but country New South Wales. And so we want as a church to be able to sow into the vision of Youth Alive and support that as well. So the vision side of things, three existing things, scripture, Madan and Vanuatu, and three new things, Arnhem Land, India and Youth Alive. So if you give to vision, they're the things that that money will be going towards this year. What I ask is next week that we come and we just have been prayerful, that we say, God, what is it that you would have me contribute the building real care and the and the vision stuff we can make a monthly commitment to it or you can give to it in one hit so you can come next week prepared to give or you can come prepared to say hey i'm going to give x amount a month to these three things or to one of those three things or to two of those three things whatever works for you but there'll be info on that next week while we are talking about giving and money I want to update you on finances as a church. From 2015 to 2016, the tithes and offerings dropped about 20%. I understand it was an uncertain time. It was uncertain for us. It was uncertain for us as a church. And I think the giving is a reflection of that uncertain time. But that's the past. It is now 2017. And I am praying and believing that as a church, we will be graced to turn that around. That a second wind enabling would see us grow where previously there has been decline. Again, it's about all of us doing our bit, being faithful with what God has entrusted us to. I don't want to guilt anyone or manipulate anyone. I just want you to know as a church, the facts. We had a board meeting on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, and I could see it there on paper, that has what happened. And I'm just giving you the information so that you as a church can say, hey, we're going to be part of turning that around, okay? Because we want to grow. We want to influence our community. We want to continue to do the things that we do. And we just believe that God will, with us, use us to see that turn around. Okay, that's the information. Turn to John 2, because time to preach. Next week is Count Me In Sunday. And I'll share, and you'll have an opportunity to do that. We are looking at John chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Yes, it is the water into wine scripture. And yes, we did hand out water as you came in this morning. Who's drunk their water? It's all gone. That's rather unfortunate for you, isn't it? Oh, you've got a big two-liter bottle right there. Look at that. That's very good. Let's read. John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. 
His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons, which is about 75 to 110 litres. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. Just a few things this morning that I want to share with you out of this passage. There's a lot in here, but there's two things, just two things I want to focus on. Firstly, the water jars. We read that the wine runs out at this wedding. That's a problem, yes? Wine is often used in the Bible to represent joy. And maybe you're here this morning and you've lost your joy. Maybe you've lost that spirit of joy that was inside of you. Or maybe it's running very low. I believe this morning that God wants to refill that joy. That wants to restore your joy to you this morning. Maybe it's when it comes to church, you've lost your joy. Maybe when it comes to your work or your family, you've lost your joy. I believe this morning God wants to turn that around and that there be a second wind into that situation. Jesus' solution to this problem of no wine is to point to six stone water jars. These water jars were used for the ceremonial washing of feet upon entering the home. They were commonplace used for an everyday task. If you went into a home in that, those days, most people would have a water jar at their door for the washing of feet. There was nothing special about them. There was nothing extraordinary about them. Most people would have walked in and barely even noticed them because it was just part of going in. It'd be like walking into a house and going, oh, there's a screen door. You don't even notice it. It's just part of the furniture. But it was these ordinary common jars that Jesus points to when presented with a need. You know, I find it very interesting that the answer to this need was not in some far off place, but it was right there at their front door. And I often find that the thing when when we need a miracle, when we need a breakthrough, when we need God to do something, that the answer is often right there in front of us. In fact, more often than not, we've already got what we need. We just need to activate it. I I get very worried when I see people um, chasing God, if you like, going from one church to another or following a preacher around because they're chasing their breakthrough to come from some far off place. My experience and my understanding is that God is near to those who seek him and that you don't have to go traveling the world to find God, but that God and the breakthrough and the answer that you need is often right there in front of you. And so for these people, they have a need. They've run out of wine and there's an emptiness there and they go, God, we need you to do what only you can do. And Jesus points at the common and the ordinary and says, it's right here at your doorstep. It's right in front of you. Church, let's not overlook the things God might be pointing us to because they are common and average. But you and I know that God uses the common, the ordinary, the average to do great things. He uses those things like you and me to do extraordinary things. One more thing about these jars. I can't imagine them being that clean. Just do this in your head. Middle Eastern dirt roads and paths and the wearing of crocs or sandals. 
dirty feet. Gross. Who likes dirty feet? Who likes it when you get a whiff of someone's dirty feet? Anyone? No. It's, it's terrible. It's disgusting. Imagine this. Everyone at this wedding that has gathered has come through this door and used these water jars to clean their dirty, filthy feet. I went to a wedding yesterday, an outdoor wedding in the heat, and it was hot and it was stinky, but everyone had shoes on and everyone had clean feet that I could tell. But imagine those guests on a hot day like yesterday coming to a wedding with dirty, smelly feet and washing their feet with these six water jars. You got the picture in your head? Sorry, you've got that picture in your head. I can't imagine that there's much water left and the water that is left is probably dirty water. It's a very unlikely source for a miracle of God's provision. It's a very unlikely source for a miracle of joy to come where there is no joy. But Jesus isn't put off by things that are dirty or that are empty. In fact, the more empty you are, the more room there is for God to move and to fill up those empty places in your life. In fact, the reason Jesus came to the earth was not for the clean and not for the full, but was for the dirty and for the empty. And because God uses us, he not only cleanses us and fills us, but he then calls us to be used to be people that bring joy to a world that desperately needs it. So when Jesus points at these pots and says, use these pots to bring about the miracle, that's what he does with you and I. That's what he does with us and that's what he calls us to do. You know, I I don't ever want to write myself off and I don't ever want to write anyone off in church because God uses the ordinary, common, even the ones that are dirty and empty to do great things. You know, Perry Noble, if you don't know who he is, he was a pastor of a a church in America that was the fastest growing church in the US. Last year, his church board had to stand him down because he had a problem with alcohol. And he freely admitted, he goes, it was was an issue. I was turning to the bottle rather than to Jesus. And he was stood down and he went to um, rehab and he spent some time in rehab. And I think a week ago, he was invited to preach at at Stephen Furtick's church. And he was talking about restoration he was talking about God's ability to use even people that have had a fall or made a mistake or done things wrong. And he said this thing, and I love it. He said this, if you're not dead, then God's not done. And that's for all of us. You know, Brian spoke before about communion, about what Jesus has done for us. And there's no reason for shame. And there's no reason for guilt. There's no reason for any of those things to stop you from being a follower of Jesus Christ. And further, there's no reason to stop you from thinking you could be used by God to do the miraculous, to be used by God to bring joy where there is no joy. If you're not dead, then God's not done. That means if you're here this morning, there is still hope for you because God wants to use you no matter who you are and no matter what your story has been. Don't overlook, don't look past the things that you think aren't worthy of being used by God. Because God uses six dirty, empty stone jars to do a great thing. The next thing I want to look at in this story are the servants. For these stone jars to be used in this miracle, it required the involvement of the servants. Let's reread just a few verses. Verse 3. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the 
Servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood the water jars, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servant, to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Just want you to get this. Jesus' mum speaks to Jesus. Jesus responds to her. Says, not my, really my issue, don't involve me. The mum doesn't go back to Jesus. She instead, she turns to the servants and tells them to do whatever Jesus says. It's then that Jesus talks to the servants. Stephen Furtick asked the question, why does she turn this to the servants and not to Jesus? Why does she move her attention from Jesus to the servants? And the suggestion that he makes, and I think it's true, says that she knows that Jesus won't get involved until they get involved. Whatever they're on the sidelines going, God, we need a miracle... Over to you, Jesus. He's going to be, don't involve me. But as soon as she tells them, do whatever he says, i.e. be involved in this, be a willing participant, then Jesus speaks to them and says, go over there and fill up those water jars. I believe, and I think it's true in this story, that when we get involved in those things, that's when God can do a great thing. It doesn't mean we can do it without God, but God is looking for people that will say, hey, involve me. Hey, count me in. Hey, I want to be part of the miracle that you're doing in this place at this time. I wonder how many of us are prepared to get involved in the miracle we are seeking God to do in our life. I wonder if I'm prepared to do whatever he tells me to do to see my miracle. Or do I just want the miracle on my own terms? God, I need you to do this breakthrough and this is the three-point plan I have for how you can do it. Rather than, God, I'll do whatever you tell me. Jesus' mum said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Whatever he says. Fill the jars with water. Do you think it's funny? God, we need wine. And he points to water. Fill the jars with water. But Jesus, we don't need water. You've missed the point here. We don't need water. Water's good. We need wine. Jesus points to water. It's often the way that Jesus will point you to what you already have in order to give you what you need. He'll often point you to the thing, like I said, that's already at your front door. The thing that's already in your possession. And with it, he'll use that to give you the thing that you don't have and the thing that you need. The servants fill the jars to the brim. I love that. No half measures. It said to do whatever he tells you. So he says to fill the water jars. So what do they do? They fill them to the brim. They leave no room for half measures. There's no room for just doing a bit. But they do it to the best of their ability and resources. They fill the jar up. Then Jesus instructs them to draw from the stone jars and give some to the master of the banquet. Do you love that? Take the water and give it to him. As far as they know, they are taking water to him. As far as they know, they don't know it's been turned to wine. They're taking water to the master of the banquet to taste it. They don't know it's been turned to wine. But again, they do as Jesus has told them to do. When it comes to following God, our responsibility, church, is the obedience. And he takes care of the rest. It's not our job to figure out how he's going to do it. It's our job simply to obey when he calls us to do it. When it comes to following God obedience is our responsibility i said earlier we are responsible for the wineskins and he is responsible for the wine the wineskins i believe that god is asking for is simply obedience 
is simply an attitude that says, God, whatever you say, whatever you call me to, I will do it. That's the wineskin, I believe, that he calls us to. If he wants to pour out new wine, he's asking for people that are willing to be obedient, people willing to do whatever he tells us. Verses 9 and 10. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone bring out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you saved the best till now. Who wants that scripture over their eyes? The best has been saved till now. The latter days will be better than the former days because God is not finished because we're still breathing. There's still more he wants to do. But listen to this. As far as the master of the banquet was concerned... This wine was part of some secret stash out the back. It was part of some secret stash that they had been saving for the end of the party. He didn't know what had taken place. It says that he was unaware. He did not realize where this wine had come from. But who knew where the wine had come from? Who knew? The servants. Why did the servants know where the wine had come from? Because they were involved in the miracle. Because they were involved, they had a greater level of understanding and a greater level of, level of revelation of the things of God because they were a part of it. They weren't just told about this story, but they were participants in this story. They were involved in this story. And because they were involved in this story, they knew the truth. For us to go to a deeper level of truth and understanding in God, we can't just be told about the things of God, but we've got to experience the things of God. We can't just be told about miracles that have happened in other countries or how God's provision happened to this other family. No, we've got to be participants because when we participate, we get an understanding and a revelation that is deeper than any textbook will teach you or any sermon that I preach will help you out with. You've got to go away from this place and experience God for yourself. Because when you are involved in the miracle, that's when you experience God in fullness and in deepness that is like no other. Church, I want us to be a church that's involved in the things of God. I don't want us to be guests at the party that go, oh, look, new wine's come out. Woohoo! That would be good too. <laughs> but I want us to be a church that knows where that wine came from, that knows that it was, came from a dirty, broken, not broken, but a dirty, empty jar that was filled with water and then miraculously God did a miracle in that place and it was turned into wine. I want us to be part of the story from beginning to end, not just people that benefit at the end of the day. But I want us to be people that are involved in what God is doing. They weren't just told a miracle that day. They were a part of it. And that is God's heart for you and for me. That we would be people that are involved in what God is doing. As God is restoring joy to people that have lost their joy. As God is refilling the things that are empty or that are broken or that are down. That we would be part of it. Not just people that hear the report. Count me in Sunday, which is, uh, is next week, is our opportunity to be involved is our opportunity not to just to hear about what happened but to be part of what happened i ask again that you ask god god what will your involvement be and that you would be bold enough to do whatever he tells you just like those servants did whatever jesus asked of them that we as a church would do whatever jesus asked of us as we finish today take you back to the start of this story I said this three weeks ago, but it's true. Jesus did this miracle because he was at the wedding. And the reason he was at the wedding is because in verse 2, it simply says that he was invited to the wedding. Stephen Furtick says Jesus will go wherever he is invited. The reason Jesus was at this wedding and did a great miracle was because he was invited to be there. Let's invite Jesus into our world, into our life.
We don't do all this. We don't do all the different effort and performance and all that. It means nothing unless we've invited Jesus in. Can the creative team come? Who's ready for some more water? Yes? No? Very good. Revelations 3.20 says this. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, to connect with Jesus in a way that you never have before. But I just want us, before we do that, for the rest of us, just to close our eyes and just to imagine that we are like those servants. We're aware of a need. We're aware that there is lack. We're aware that we need Jesus. And in our hearts, I want us to do two things. Whatever the situation might be, whether it's a personal thing, whether it's a family thing, a work, finance, church, whatever it is. First of all, we would invite Jesus into that situation. And second of all, we'd get involved. That we would do our part. We wouldn't just say, Jesus, come and do this for me. But we would say, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. I invite you in. God, I pray that we as a church would be a church. We would be a people. That invite you in. And that are prepared to be involved in being part of the solution. We thank you for what you are speaking to your people right now. And across this room, as everyone just keeps your eyes closed, Jesus goes where he is invited. I want to give you an opportunity to invite him into your heart. Give you an opportunity to be involved in the plans and purposes that he has for your life. Give you an opportunity to know more about him, how much he loves you, how much he gave his life to die on a cross for you, to take away the consequences of the things we've done wrong and give us the gift of eternal life. And as we've got our eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you'd like to invite Jesus into your life, either for the first time or to reconnect with him, then I want you to just to raise your hand where you are, just so that I can see it. Just acknowledge, hey, I need Jesus. I can't do this life on my own, but I need him and I want him to be part of my life. I'll give you a moment the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. It's a decision that has eternal consequences, eternal reward when you invite him in. Invite him in. God, we thank you that all we need to do is call out to you and you are near. Pray for anyone here this morning that's not in a relationship with you that's not near to you this morning. I pray that you would do a work in their heart where you would draw them closer to you.
they would reach out to know who you are and the difference you can make in their life. You know, you might not have put your hand up, but if you want to come and talk to myself or one of the team, we'd love to chat with you after the service and give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. You can open your eyes, church. I'm going to hand back to Jeanette in a second, but I just, as we go out today, I want next week to be a week where we are counted in. And for that to be, for that to happen, it requires us to come prepared. Not, not just turning up to Sunday, but being prayerful this week, seeking the voice of God, saying, God, where, how, what? Be like those servants, willing to do whatever He tells us to do. Remember, our responsibility is obedience. That's really all we need to worry about. He takes care of everything else. Thanks, church. Stay hydrated. See you next week. Thanks, Lottie. That was a great message.